Indiana Runner Podcast Season 4, Episode 2. Josh Horowitz and I go over the top 50 girls teams, including our top five contenders. Let's hit it. All right. We're going to get into the girls' top 50. Colin Altavote and Josh Horowitz, and we're doing the same format. Uh, release the rankings in sets of 10, and then we each pick one or more teams in that group of 10. Uh, you ready, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. Looking forward right. to uh, another great season. Uh, I feel like the last time we, we really talked was uh, all about the uh, state track meet, do, doing the broadcast. So. Yep, quick, quick hiatus, and we're back for cross-country. So these are the teams in the 40s, plus – 50. Uh, 50, DeKalb, 49, Portage, 48, Ron Colley, 47, Fishers, 46, Huntington North, 45, Pendleton Heights, 44, Indian Creek, 43, South Knox, 42, Cordon Central, 41, Southport, and 40, Ileana Christian. And then we each picked one of those teams to talk about more in depth. Uh, yours was Huntington North, number 46. Yep. So I, I chose as one of my teams for uh, for this segment, Huntington North, number 46, and they they're number nine on uh, your rank on, on the Indiana runner rankings in the New Haven teams. Um, number eight on, on INCC stats. They're given a two percent chance to make the state meet. Um, so I, I listened to you and Taylor do the boys top 50 and he, he was talking about he had a theme of teams that are kind of like just on the outside looking in. Right. And my, you'll, you'll see my theme for teams, which I think was very similar last year is teams that bring back a majority of their varsity and Huntington North is one of those teams. They actually returned six of last year's seven from the semi-state. The oh, only so loss think they'd be better, right? Well, right. So the, the only loss being the greatest distance runner ever in Indiana, Addie Wiley. So that's a big loss, but the fact, hurt. what? Probably going to hurt. Probably going to hurt a little bit. Um, and is I, a, I, I'm is not. This a Ewing theory. I, I was just getting ready to ask. I was. I don't know if this is Ewing theory, but um, just the, like I said, just big fan of teams that bring back a, a majority of their teams. And no, it might not be a Ewing theory situation, but you could you could definitely make the argument or see that those six or those girls that are still on the team will get better. The team result might not end up better, but those girls uh, could end up better. They were sectional and regional champions last year too. So a great chance to go back to back. What's interesting to me about Huntington and then the New Haven semi-state in general is, so we have Huntington ranked ninth in the semi-state and um, INCC stats has Huntington North ranked eighth, right? You would yeah. think that, the eighth ranked team in the semi-state would have better than a 2% chance to make it out. So now this is based on what we know now and the girls is a little more uh, susceptible to, to variance because it's, it's, it's more likely that um, a freshman girl will come in and make a difference on a team than a freshman boy. Now, obviously there'll be teams on both sides that there'll be boys teams, even top boys teams that, have a freshman kind of Fishers last year was fourth in the boys. They had one of the best kids is a freshman, right? Um, but you'd think they'd have a better than a 1.8% chance, even based on what we know. And I guess it's just, that's how top heavy that new Haven 
semi-state is if i'll i'll scroll up right now well so t- just taking another look at least for I, on incc stats northridge is the sixth ranked new haven team and they're 22nd in the state on stats what what, mm-hmm. did, what are they on ir uh northridge is i think they might be seventh i might have flipped them in concordia concordia is listed as a 36 percent chance to win and that's actually one of my teams later so we can kind of get into comparing you know, the seventh, you, your team here in Huntington North is the eighth ranked team on INCC stats. And my team later on is the seventh ranked team on INCC stats. So we can kind of compare yeah. those two. My school in this group of 10 was Cord and Central. Cord and Central has a 6.6% chance to make the state meet on INCC stats. They're also the eighth ranked team in their semi-state per INCC stats. It, and I think they're bringing back a pretty good amount of their athletes from last year. They, they have six coming back from the semi-state from last year. Early six that were not seniors. Right. And so, and I'm looking through, they, they've got some depth concerns. Accordance, not a huge school, but it's also not like a tiny 300, like South Knox or Bar Reef or whatever. And in the Southern semi-state, there's not a lot of big schools, right? I mean, how many teams in the Southern semi-state have more than 2000 students? It's maybe one, maybe, maybe zero. I'm trying to think of. Columbus North does. Okay. That, Cause like the Bloomington schools are just under 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, it may only be one. Yeah. I, well, Jeffersonville, Floyd, they're all kind of like right around that yeah. level. But in terms of like, substantially above 2000 I, I think there may only be one yeah. um and you know Corden has a lot back um their top two are pretty good I think their top two maybe could you know with a good summer could make the um could make the state meet individually and I wrote this projects to be a top 10 semi-state team again but you know, they're a fringe contender to make the state meet. And let's say one of these top two, they're both going to be juniors. Um, if one of them has a sister that's pretty into it and, and has been kind of like that, that could be the difference. Yeah. And on a lot of these schools, that that is the difference that we'll talk about one team in particular that, okay, one of the best girls in the team is going to be a, a sophomore or junior. And we know she's got a sister coming in and that family connection could be important that, you know, they may be one 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 away from doing that although you know 6.6 is not a, a super high chance super high percentage yeah we'll we'll get more into the brown county teams uh later on in this in the preview but it's it's going to be a lot of the usual suspects so they're going to have to do something to unseat one of those teams that's usually you know in that five or six spot so it'll be tough but like they they, they have a chance Okay, let's go to our next group of 10. And this is a lot more interesting because neither one of us decided to follow the rules of 10. Now, mine are actually connected. Yours are just all over the place. 30, 39 Center Grove, 38 East Central, 37 Crown Point, 36 West Lafayette, 35 Cathedral, 
34 Brownsburg, 33 Batesville, 32 Garen, because we're out here, Josh, we're in these streets, 31 Chatard, and 30 Princeton. Okay, you had three teams and I had three teams. Now, I'll let me let's do your first two now. Yeah, because these I think these are connected, and I think that was purposeful. You had Crown Point and West Lafayette. Yeah, that, that's why I kind of connected them as yeah. one to talk about because they are on IR ranked as the sixth and seventh teams from the New Perry semi-state. And then it's funny because INCC Stats actually has Crown Point as sixth and West Lafayette eighth, Ileana Christian being the other team that would be kind of fighting in there. Um, they have a – I should say West Lafayette has a, is given a 20% chance to make state. Crown Point is given 44% chance on stats. Um, so there are two teams that are obviously going to be in the mix fighting for potentially that last uh, New Prairie semi-state spot, given the fact that Warsaw, who's the fifth team there, they're ranked 24th on stats. And, you know, these teams rank. So there, there is a significant gap from the fifth to the sixth team. Um, the, the one kind of stat that I was kind of looking for, which is why INCC stats probably gives them, gives crown point a better chance is their, their projected depth. Um, they have 11 ranked in the top 950 on stats preseason to West Lafayette six. So that's West Lafayette is a much smaller school, right? Than crown point crown points, probably like mm -hmm. 2,500 kids. West Lafayette's like, I don't know, 700, 800, um, what what is West Lafayette on I you have INCC stats pulled up? What is yeah. what is West Lafayette on INCC stats? Thirty eighth like? overall. Thirty eight, and I I I had them thirty six, and that's another team that I just like admittedly always rank higher. Yeah. I think I called it a tradition bump or a coaching bump, which are essentially mm -hmm. the same thing, right? Like yeah. you have good tradition because you have good like if you have a good program and you think like oh we have great tradition. Like replace your good coach with a with a, a coach that's not that into it, and let's see how long tradition gets you going, right? Like, um, and and in that time frame, West Lafayette has had two different coaches. Um, the one thing I know about Westside is that they are going to get in a good freshman, so they do have a freshman that's run under five thirty in eighth okay. grade. And I think you and I talked about this. I don't think it was on a podcast. I think it might've been like when we went out to eat before the, the state meet when we called it, like the times, and I know, I know I talked about this with Kyle Burton, who's the coach at Columbus Northside Middle School. Mm -hmm. Like when you run a time, uh, a certain performance, like let's say a, a, a eighth grade girl runs under 530 or an eighth grade boy runs under five minutes. If you do that in Hamilton County, where you get to run against good kids at every single meet that you have, and your county meet is uber competitive, and six to eight guys some years might break five minutes, that's a little different than a kid that does the same thing at a place where he or she doesn't see much competition. Now, this athlete did it, I think, at that middle school state meet, maybe. Yeah. One of those showcase meets. Um, but that, looking through the returners that West Lafayette has, it doesn't seem like that would be a state meet team. But if you throw her in there and then they've got another athlete who was really good two years ago and maybe hurt last year, 
Um, and who knows if, if they can transition that or come back. But I just, I, I mean, I'm always going to like West Lafayette's chances. Yeah, like you said, the the tradition bump or coaching bump, whatever you want to call it, they, def- they definitely have and, and deserve that. Um, and the connection, I think, with their middle school programs is, as you're talking about. So that's that, that, that's a bump, too, when you're looking at when you're looking at rankings. I mean, you know, we're looking at middle school meets to figure out who could potentially be at these schools. Um, and right, that, right. that's going to ca- count into it. Well, we say like, you know, tradition and coaching are the same thing, kind of, but also like you can have a really good coach, but if you don't have a recent success, then it's at, at a smaller school, it's harder to get the kids out, right? Because West Lafayette, I'm sure, has a soccer team. Yeah. And soccer is a class sport. So West Lafayette doesn't have to go against Crown Point in soccer or Valparaiso in soccer the way that they would in um, in cross country. But, you know, West Lafayette's also made the state meet 18 times. Yeah. Yep. Uh, your other team, you added this when you saw that I put three teams on, was <laughs> right, Princeton. Yeah. And I actually, I thought about Princeton as my team. And I, I specifically on this one tried to get four different teams from four different semi-states to talk about. So I ah. didn't do Princeton, but Princeton is very interesting to me. Extremely interesting. And first of all, just have to give props again to them for making the state meet last year um, in a... In, in a very you know good environment, good race. The uh, they're led by the Mead twins. Pros, Haley. You, you don't actually like that they made the state meet, right? Well, they they went ahead of uh, our team, but okay. it's okay. Yeah. I know I do give them props. It was it was definitely it was a meet that we in that position were unable both, to catch. Both things can be true. You can appreciate and respect yeah. someone else's effort, but also say that wasn't what I wanted. Yes, yes. Thomas North is- girls last year at the state meet. <laughs> I respect their effort. I appreciate what they did. That was not what I wanted. Yes. And so going forward again, I said my theme earlier is teams that bring back a majority of their varsity. And Princeton brings back their top five from their first state meet team in their history, placing 20, that placed 21st. Uh, like I said, the Mead twins, Haley and Heidi, they were 29th and 30th at the state meet. Um, they're, they're one of the top duos in the state. Um, and the, I think the thing for them this year is can they can they keep that improvement or keep kind of that trajectory upward to be able to compete still because Bloomington South is going to reload they're going to have people back um the the usual suspects in the south are going to be there you know Floyd Central Bloomington North will have have some girls um can they can they play spoiler again to what would probably be Jasper they're they're kind of that taking that position of what Bloomington South was last year where uh, they're just they're going to be in that that fight for the sixth spot so can they play spoiler again we'll see I looked through when I wrote the uh, top 50 and I I go through and just kind of rewrite over last year right because that actually saves me a bunch of time copy and paste move these teams around and then all I have to do is like I don't have to look through every single sectional regional it's all right there and then I just have to update you know, from first place to second place and from 23 points to 45 points or whatever. We didn't have Princeton in our top 50 at all last year. And they end up making the state meet and finishing 21st. And obviously that doesn't mean that they were necessarily the 21st best team, but they were clearly one of the 50 best teams at the end of the season. 
they bring all five of their scores back, but they're only ranked seventh on our preseason top. Well, they're only ranked seventh in the Brown County semi-state in our preseason rankings. And are they seventh on INCC stats as well? No, they're, they're sixth on stats, only like marginal ahead of Jasper. Okay. Yeah. So they've got – now Jasper's got a little more margin of error, um, but Princeton has those, those top two, the Mead sisters, the, the Mead twins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were both in, just outside of Allstate last year. And 29th and 30th is, is pretty good. This is going to be a really good team this year, but they're like we're going to end up using this phrase a lot. Like the margin of error is not super high, and so as opposed to one of the Bloomington schools, or I mean, Columbus North is in a whole different stratosphere than Princeton. But like, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder for Princeton to make it out than it is for those other teams, and it seems to be the same teams every year from the from the Southern Semi State. Yeah, and that's I was just looking at um, taking a look at like Jasper and Princeton's INCC stats from from last year. Just look at the teams, and it's they they only had Princeton only had uh, this basically the seven girls that ran the end of the season on their roster, you know, and so they're going to need people to at least be there, be bodies. Um, Jasper right. only loses Van the well the first Van Meter. They now have they have they'll have another Van Meter as their uh, their front runner. But that's a, that's what they'll just they'll be in the similar positions that Princeton and Bloomington South were in last year. Right, and we don't know with Princeton that maybe there's a third Mead, right? Like maybe <laughs> there's somebody else coming in um, that would really help them out. But the smaller the school, the less probability of getting somebody like that in okay my three teams in this group of 10 and I could really probably expand it another two and I think I probably will we, okay. we cover all the 30s so I picked well I, th- these other teams aren't aren't in the 30s so. uh, okay okay I picked cathedral 35 Garen 32 and Chatard 31 can you on INCC stats, what is Cathedral? They're not 35. They've got to be like in the 40s or even 50s, right? For overall or? Yeah, on INCC stats overall, what is Cathedral? Like 48? Uh, 47. 47. 47. Okay, what's Garen? I have Garen 32. And on INCC stats, they're 50. Garen is 50 on INCC stats preseason? Yes. Okay. Yes. What is Chatard? 39. Okay. So this, these, and then I have Burbuff 28. What's Burbuff? Um, 27. Okay. And I have Park Tudor 27. What is Park Tudor on INCC stats? 32nd. Okay. So now this is like insider information to an extent. Two of those schools especially, but with all five of those schools, because these are all five North Side Indianapolis schools. I think that all five of these teams, if they were in a different semi-state, would probably make the state. And I actually think that all five of them 
because that is is our committee of one was uh, meeting to go over this. You got to kind of couch, you know, like I know these things about this team, but I also know that and I don't about other teams, but just based on proximity and, and who you know. Okay, so going through them, Cathedral, Cathedral's got a new coach. Brad Peterson is the coach at Cathedral now. Brad Peterson was the coach of Northrop in the 90s. Um, he was the coach of Concordia and the O's. That would have been when I was in high school. And he was most recently the coach at Angola, and he's moved down to Indy. And he's Cathedral's going to be better. I actually think Cathedral has a pretty good chance to make the state meet. Uh, Garen is, I would estimate that Garen, who they finished their season with last year, the five that they finished, the five scores from the regional meet last year. And if you look on here, it's like, that's what we list, right? Is their yeah. returners from the meet, their last meet. So Garen was, what'd you say they were on INCC stats? 50. 50. Okay. Well, does that include, does that include Bridget Gallagher? That's what I wasn't. I, I don't know if her hard. Because she didn't, she only ran like one meet, right? So they probably might've taken her out and it doesn't include her. So that, I mean, that would be a big reason to bump. Okay. It does not include her. Okay. Well, there you go. Right, right, right off the bat, there's yeah. a top 20. Yeah. She was 13th as a sophomore. Yeah. That, so, you know, she comes back, she scored in the track season. She's clearly back. She, she was running well. Um, Garen's right there. I think Garen could have three or four different in their top five than they had. So like it, it's possible potentially that Garen's number one, returner is their fifth best girl this year um okay. chitard i think is was a little under a little over what they put chitard could have or should have they should score four mm -hmm. right in all their meets and they may not they may not make it to the state meet mm -hmm. but um from what i'm hearing chitard might have two in the top 15. Okay. So at, they've got, they've got at, some. At what, at semi-state or state? No, the state meet. Okay. It's a difference. And, you know, Burbuff and Park Tudor, I don't know anything about new people there, but they just, they're all kind of, right? They're all North Side Indianapolis private schools. In fact, are they all Catholic schools? Yes, they are. Uh, wait, no, part two is not a Catholic school. And Burbuff, according to the, you know, I'm not going to get into that. Um, so they're all private schools on the north side. The, yeah. The, but only one, of, okay. only one of them is making it out of that region. Carmel, Noblesville, North Central. I mean, may, maybe two of them could go around Westfield, but we have Westfield ranked 15th in the state. And you know, coaching bump, like Westfield was a team that we didn't think would be in the top 25 last year, and they were right in the mix to finish in the top five. So um, that's, I think that's really, really interesting that only, despite how good those teams are, and I think they're under, I think they're underrated on this. I think they could all be in the top 25. I think that only one of them will, will make it out. Even to the semi-state, you're saying? We'll make it out of the region of the semi. Yeah, 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 and that's that's what I was gonna say is like this is. And then the five teams so that make it out still have to deal with some teams from outside, 
Yeah. They'll, they still have to do it. Well, Frank, Franklin Central's in there and Avon. Yep, those would be the other. So two. then, so then, making it out of the regional does not guarantee getting to the state meet the way it has sometimes in the past on the boys and the girls side. Yeah, but like you're saying, like we could see some of these teams end up in the top 25 throughout the season on sets or the IR rankings, and not even make it to the semi-state, which is again just the the geography right. that we have. Well, and the fact that they're all private schools also means that we don't know what they're going to bring in versus like if we look through the state meet results if you go to Northside middle school you're going to columbus north if you go to woodside middle school you're going to go to homestead if you go to clay middle school you're most likely going to go to carmel but these other schools we have no idea who they're bringing in and if park tudor brings in you know, like, for instance, the freshman that's going to go to Chittard, if she'd gone to Park Tudor, mm. like, suddenly they've, they've got three in the top ten. It doesn't really – I mean, they're, they're not going to win. They're not going to beat Columbus North or Noblesville. But, like, that changes everything. All right, next group of ten. 29, Plainfield. 28, Burbuff. 27, Park Tudor. 26, Jasper. 25, Warsaw. 24, Fort Wayne Concordia. 23, Lake Central, 22, Franklin, 21, LaPorte, and 20, Northridge. Um, I talked a lot. Let's let's go to you at 21, even though okay. mine is ranked lower. <laughs> All right. So I picked, uh, yep, 21, LaPorte, the Slicers. Uh, they're New Prairie number three. Did you go to All-Star Camp? Yeah. Okay. I, did that, did that, that factored into this, I imagine. A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Um, number three for New Prairie Semi-State, also number three on INCC stats with an 89% chance to make it to the state meet. They have uh, five returners from the state meet team that placed 19th, also returning two All-Staters. One was uh, Brenna Sebecki, who was 24th in cross-country last year. Um, so obviously, Sebecki was 24th in the state meet? Yes. Because she's – She's probably not going to be their best girl this fall. Correct, because they also have a uh, 3,200-meter medalist, eighth placer, Lila Gillisey. Um, they, who, who, like I said, placed eighth in the 3,200, and she is an incredible runner. Um, she was actually, you mentioned All-Star Camp. She was the winner of the, uh, the, the move-up run, the, the last lap move-up run. And she's, uh, I, I'm, I'm deeming her the uh, a nickname. I hope this catches on. She's the silent assassin because she is definitely catching on now. That's what I'm talking about. Because she she is she's uh, she's quiet. If you ever get the chance to talk to her, but she runs with a killer instinct that I love. It's awesome. So I'm deeming her the silent assassin. Um, she's an incredible runner. She was awesome in that 3200 at state. She I think at one point she was right up there with those the three girls in the lead. Um, still was able to hang on for eighth. Um, they're, if, if Brenna is able to hang on to that form, they're obviously going to be able to hold on to state meet birth being, um, one of the top three teams in the new Prairie semi-state with enough depth coming back. Um, but who, I don't know, who knows what their ceiling is with, with the state meet. A lot of times too, like an athlete will have success in the spring and I think I often put this into like the top 50, like we don't know how that's going to translate 
to cross country, right? And the longer the distance, the more likely it is to translate. But there have been, I, I'm especially thinking of one boy in particular that did really well over 3,200. And you're like, oh my gosh, he's, he's going to be in the top 10 of the state meet. And he's back in like 50s or 60s or 80s or whatever, because it's just, it's not necessarily the same thing. Obviously, it's really, it's really similar. But like, I don't remember what I put her as the, the preseason all state that I need to finish. But I talked to, I think I talked to you and maybe I talked to Andy. And I was like, man, I was thinking about putting her way higher. And whoever I was talking to was like, yeah, like she's going to be like, I could see her, you know, Cridge, the two girls from Park Tudor, Canablo. I mean, it's going to be a deep year. Like I see, I, I see a reality that in two months that she's right with those girls. And like you said, her own teammate was in the top 24 and now having two of them to to train together, that's that's valuable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a big key, big help to have training partners. And I was just, I was just even thinking or looking that they are the third. I, I would say the third best duo heading into the year, behind Columbus North girls and Park Tudor girls. Right. So they'd be the third best duo based on the numbers, um, yeah. and so they just can a pack develop behind them that could propel them to a top 10 finish at state again we'll see well that and like it's not just it's not just numbers right so what what have practices been like what has attendance been like what is interest like at laporte over this summer knowing we have these two these top two girls and you know potentially are they encouraging other teammates? Are they kind of building more than they've had in the past that suddenly Laporte isn't 21st? They're like 10th or 8th or 9th. I could I totally see that as a possibility this fall for, for Laporte. My team in this group of 10 was Concordia. Um, I'm a Fort Wayne guy. I'm a I've you know I didn't go to Concordia. Um, but I've always been vocal about that. I think Concordia is well coached that I think they're going to be good and they're 24th on ours. What are they on INCC stats? 28. Okay. So I moved them up a little bit. They're going to be in the top 20. They're going to make the state meet. So Concordia has got six back from a team that they didn't make the state meet. They've made it the two years before. And um, and six of them are coming back. If you look, they've got a big gap between their fourth and fifth returners. However, one of the best freshmen in the state is going to go to Concordia, not to DeKalb. So uh, Alexa Panning was 21st at the state meet last year. So they, you know, she was fifth at the semi-state. So could they potentially score four at the semi-state? Concordia's making, and I know I said this last year, I think, and they didn't make it. So I was wrong. So, I mean, what are the odds that I'm wrong twice? Like Concordia, Concordia is going to make the state. And I could, I could see them being in the top. I could see Concordia with two All-Staters. Okay. So I could see them in the top half of the state. Mm. And that obviously helped their case. There is, it's actually, New Haven's going to be, similar to brown county i mean 
at least the way I'm seeing it, I know you're seeing Concordia is farther up, I think maybe closer to the fifth team than the sixth team, but the, the fifth team in New Haven is ranked 12th on INCC stats where the sixth would is um, Northridge at 22, then Concordia seventh at 28. So they'll, they, as of now they're in that battle, but from what you now you now know, and what we know from last year, they're probably they could probably be higher than that. Yeah, and we've got a long enough record of Concordia on the boys and the girls side. I mean, especially the girls side, obviously, because that's that's what we're talking about. To know that like they're gonna be they're gonna be solid next year. Versus, you know, East Nobles ranked way ahead of Concordia on here. And I think East Noble has potential to be good. And they had a bunch of good freshmen last year. But at a school that doesn't necessarily have the track record for that, like, do all those girls come out this year? Are they all into it? Like, what was the track season like? That kind of thing. That some teams that might start the season ranked in the teens may totally fall off and be a non-factor. I'm not saying that's going to happen, you know, to some of these schools. But Concordia is like kind of in the West Lafayette range of like, yeah, they're going to be good even though it's not a big school, whatever, like, even though there's no guarantee and a kid could get hurt or um, a kid could get sick at the wrong time, just like it happened to anybody. But like, you know, Concordia is going to be good. You know, they're going to be pretty close to where they project probably a little better. All right, let's get into the teens. So these are, you know, when we get to this point, these are likely state meet teams, right? Yep. Not to bet on the semi-state you're in. Uh, 19 Avon, 18 Penn, 17 Bloomington North, and 16 Bloomington South, 15 Westfield, 14 East Noble, 13 Chesterton, 12 Northview, 11 Valparaiso, and 10 Zionsville. My team in this was Chesterton. Chesterton's ranked 13th at this in the state. Chesterton was third last year at the state meet. Now, Chesterton graduates at least their top two and only brings back four. But, you know, Chesterton is one of the blue bloods of Indiana cross country on the, on the girls' side. And they're coached by a former Chesterton star runner. Like, Chesterton's, Chesterton's going to be good. Chesterton, Valparaiso, some of the schools, like, yeah, they're going to be good even if they had graduated five of their seven, like, yeah, no, they're going to be solid. They'll find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. They'll get enough girls out. There'll be enough interest that now I don't, I, you know, I don't think Chesterton's necessarily going to be a podium team this year. Um, I don't know that it's especially tough on the girls side as it is on the boys side to finish in the top five. Um, but I think, you know, I think Chesterton's a little bit, a little bit back of that. Yeah, it just seems they have, you know, the tradition or culture coaching bump, again, whatever you want to call it, that that would make that would make them have a successful season. Again, who who knows how good? Um, because they do lose, you know, Baylor Anto, who is all state and cross country and track, um, for that third place finish. But and I think they had another one that was relatively close to being all state. Was it Catherine White? Yes, that sounds right. They had somebody else that was way up there. Yeah, Catherine White. Yeah. yeah, and they both had really good 
really good state meets, but, you know, you still bring back a good core um, and just, you know, a continued, a continued uh, summer with a, with a group. You, you never know what can happen. Well, and how, you know, how easy is it to get to the state meet out of that semi-state? So INCC stats says Chesterton is ranked 16th. We have them a little bit higher, but they have a 97.3% chance to make it to the state meet. They'll be in the state meet. And last year, they, you know, they ran really well. The state meet, they finished third. Your team and this group was Northview. Taylor had Northview, too, for the boys. Northview is ranked 12, so one ahead of Chesterton. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad Taylor brought up Northview as well. So we're, we're big fans of the Knights here. 99.2% chance to make the state meet. And then 34% chance to be top 10. Um, you, you wrote it, or the, the committee of one wrote it, uh, pretty, pretty well in, in the preview talking about how this is, this is the, they're in the the middle of the best run in program history. They've made it to the state meet four times. Three of those were the last three years. And this, I, you'll get a kick out of this one. They, they've only had one senior run in the state meet in those three years wow if that makes sense or yeah i'm pretty sure it was one one three whatever a really low number they have 14 going into the season they have 14 cross-country state meet appearances um 14 14 total girls sorry you know 14 yeah no, that makes 14, sense 14 yeah, yeah, appearances yeah. 14 appearances so if you ran it three times there. it counts three yeah right right that's a ton that is so many yes yes and so this is a group that you know, if you're familiar with this part of the state, you could see two years ago, they had all freshmen and sophomores that were good and were going to be a together consistent group. And they've continued to show it. They were 14th um, at the state meet last year. I want to say 12th the year before. Um, but again, returned six from last year's team. So they have another chance to continue with this best run in school history. And probably this could be their best team concerning the improvement of all the runners and the consistency of the couple at the top. And, you know, talked about coaching tradition. Well, it's, it's a relatively newfound tradition for Northview four appearances, three in a row. And then I don't know when the other one was, but Tim rail who um, coaches them in the fall. He, he also was the coach in the middle school for these girls and just kind of when they went to high school, just kind of like elevated and became the high school coach. So if we think, which we do, that continuity is important. I mean, these girls are going to have had the same coach, at least for cross country for like six or seven years in a row. And I think that's, that's very, very important as now they're, they're kind of coming to the tail end of this run or this, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know if you said dynasty, but I, certainly I, dynasty may not be the right word, but the, the legacy of this as now it's six girls coming back from last year, three of them were, will be seniors. Another three will go into their junior year. We'll see what they can kind of reload later. Now that they've established a tradition that, you know, if you're a girl that, that goes to Northview, that maybe cross country might make more sense than soccer. Maybe cross country looks right. more fun than soccer because of the the ability to have that kind of success right and just a fact check 2003 was the fourth that other year they made state 
they were 14th in 2020, 14th in 21. And yeah, only one senior. They've only had one senior run at state those last three years. And that 2020 team was one I was talking about where it was five sophomores, two freshmen. Those are now the juniors and seniors. This is, I mean, yes, they've been consistently good those last two years, but this is probably the year that they had in their mind too, of like, we're going to have all these people back. Um, And Mr. Grant has been 29th and 25th in her first two state meets. So. Yeah, she's, she's been really, really good. And it, it feels like she's run really well at the state meet both times, kind of comparatively to what, to what you would have thought. Anybody else that's not a single digit ranked team that you want to talk about? Zionsville's number 10. I think this is a big year for Zionsville. Zionsville didn't make the state meet last year. Um, you know, Valparaiso 11, they're kind of in that same range as Chesterton. Anybody else that we talked about East Noble a little bit, Westfield, Westfield will be solid. Westfield only has three back from last year, but mm-hmm. also the year before they only had like one back or none back. And they were, you know, a podium contender. They'll be good. Bloomington South and Bloomington North have basically like dead even teams projected. Anything else besides the, the single digit teams? No, we can, uh, we can get to the single digit teams. All right. Well, and we will do that right after the break. And we're back. Okay. We're going to get into the single digit teams here. I'm going to call the first four podium contenders or, or long shot podium contenders. Um, and again, we don't know what some of these teams are getting in and, and freshmen or sophomores that had a good track season um, and are now deciding to run cross country can have certainly have an impact. So number nine, this is Scott Lidskin's team, Floyd Central, 98.8% chance to qualify, but a 7.9% chance to medal, to finish in the top five. Uh, they do graduate their, their front runner, Jaden Serencione, who had an incredible track season especially at the state meet. Now she didn't run as well at the cross country state. So they are returning their number one runner from the cross country state meet. And I believe the semi-state as well. And that's Caitlin Stewart. Um, She was all state in cross country Mm -hmm. as a sophomore. Savannah Little is another front runner for them. So Floyd's off to a good start, but we don't necessarily project them as a podium team. No, they, like you said, 8% podium INCC stats gives them that chance. Do you realize, so you, you mentioned Serencio not having as well of um, a cross-country state meet, but just to show, well, a couple things, how good of a team they had around her still? Because we, I think, well, especially Scott, you know, had them as uh, on his podium. I, I believe I did as well. If, if uh, Jaden doesn't even run the meet, they still get 15 as a team, which is pretty solid. And if she has a race that like she had had all season, then Floyd central gets third. So, and they're bringing back five people, I believe from that team. Mm-hmm. So that's just show how, how good of a team they did have around, around Serencio. Yeah. I still think, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to make the state meet their yeah. state meet guarantee. Um, but last year they definitely had a, they will, I don't think they'll be as good as, they were last year certainly not the potential right as last year with those two all state level runners but they'll still be tough 
and it's a relative it's a big school and it's a lot of tradition a lot a lot a lot of tradition um i like i like their chances i like their chances to be good i like their chances to be competitive number eight hamilton southeastern now hamilton southeastern is in the new haven semi-state 99.7 percent chance to qualify 32.4 percent chance to medal I think HSC could be getting in some freshmen that could make a difference, but it's hard to tell because it's the biggest school district in the state, um, or one of the, I guess, four community schools is probably bigger because there's five high schools, but one of the biggest school districts in the state, and it's got two massive high schools. I mean, 7,000 high school students just in that district, but they could go to Hamilton Southeastern, or they could go to Fishers. You got anything on HSC? No, when you get through these three, I'll I'll have a I have a comment about about all three of them that's kind of connected. So I'll wait. And it's this is I think HSC, if you look on INCC stats two years in advance, which isn't super accurate because you know the, the best team is at least somewhat likely to score freshmen or sophomores. And when you go two years into the future, it's all juniors and seniors. Um, HSC is right in title contention next year. And like I said, I think I'm not positive, but I think they're, they're either getting a top freshman this year, or they're going to get one next year. I think the, maybe one of the better runners in, in Hamilton County at a junior high was a seventh grader last year. And I think she's gonna go to HSE. So they may be kind of in a holding pattern there. Number seven, Franklin Central. Franklin Central has an 89.4% chance to qualify because they're in that highly competitive Central Indiana semi-state, the one that's held at Shelbyville. And a 21.1% chance to medal. So INCC stat actually likes Hamilton Southeastern more than Franklin Central. We like Franklin Central a little more than HSC. Um, I think part of that is a, is a tradition or a coaching bump there for Franklin Central. Uh, they've got you know two possible front runners. Um, Ella Dejean or Desjean has been in the top 40 both of the years she's been in high school. This is also another young team that I wonder if this is like if they get another athlete in there, could this be a title contender? The back end of their returner, so they've got five coming back from last year. They were seventh in the state meet last year. And Franklin Central has five of them coming back. But the fourth and fifth are these, I'd assume they're twins, um, Savannah and Dakota Miller. And they both had really good track seasons. They were third and fourth in their regional in the 3200. So one of them made it to the state meet and the other one just missed it. Their times weren't, um, you know, they wouldn't have made it out of the Lafayette Jeff regional say. So they're, they're a ways back from the top. I put in the, the right up the top four contenders. I'm actually willing now to consider it maybe a top five contenders. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I, think, I think Franklin Central could be a team in the next year. In fact, let me, let me look this up. What? 
I think I've got the 2023 yeah. pulled up. I say we is, uh okay, good. What is Franklin Central in 2023? They project math six, so not much higher than we've gotten than we've got them here. But the, say the, the odds even out a lot two years in advance because there's way more variance, and that's factored into the INCC stats for two years from now. I was gonna say on the uh the boys and the girls side, we're entering the era of the flashes. It looks like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, they've, uh, Sweetman has taken over to coach both of them somewhat recently, and it just takes some time to kind of go through um, and, and establish the expectations and things like that, that I think that's, I think that's a group to watch out for in the next, next year or so. Um, and then number six, Fort Wayne Carroll, 99.6% chance to qualify and a 28.5% chance to medal for Carroll. Carroll last year was 10th at the state meet. Six of them are back. Um, Taylor Hansen's a good front runner for them. Um, Homestead is like kind of the rival to Carroll. You know, Homestead and Carroll are kind of the like, Carmel and Hamilton Southeastern of, of Fort Wayne. Um, they'll get to see each other a lot. Those two schools, Homestead we'll talk about in, in a little bit. Um, and, you know, Carol could be kind of an incoming freshman away from, from getting into the mix of that, of that top mm -hmm. five. And so the, the, the last three teams we just talked about, HSC, Franklin Central, and Carroll, they all – lose one p i think they all are consistent with bringing back six of seven but that that's that senior that graduated person they lost was one of their top two runners i believe for every team so this is where we could really see some major major ewing theory at play mm -hmm. and you know it's interesting about carol and i'm i'm just not quite as high i think on them as the stats but Last year, Carroll was 10th at the state meet. That's pretty good to be in the top 10 out of 400 plus schools in Indiana in a single class setting. That was Carroll's worst finish at the state meet since 2005. Wow. That was my senior year of high school. Yeah. So. It, it was also, it was virtually one of their, um, the, they didn't have one of their early like front runners. So it was, it was virtually one of their worst mm -hmm. meets of the year. Right. Right. That, that was probably like a borderline. I mean, they could have finished third last year. Yeah. They were just kind of, especially with there. how close it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, and that's what happens when the top two teams each score like under yeah. 90 points that and, yeah, it's easier to make it. It's easier to finish third, fourth or fifth when the top two teams are kind of taking all those lower amount of points that I don't know what Chesterton was, but it was like 220 points or something. That yeah. Something usually like that. it's more of a six or seventh place score. And just a reminder that from, yeah, from fifth to 12th last year at the state meet was only 20 points, which is like nothing, nothing. I mean, that's, that's less, that might be fewer than like three seconds per scoring runner. Which when yeah, you get it, a second when you get per mile. The, the, the bulk of that after your top, you know, your number one front runner or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go. For the boys, we did movies. For the girls, we're doing TV shows. 
I considered that on the boys, it was top six with the caveat. And there was an Indy star article today about one of the teams that I, I estimated that the top two teams based on what we were pretty sure about. And I said, one of them is a primary source and the other is a tertiary source that is reliable. Well, we've confirmed the tertiary source. So, um, that the top two teams had kind of pulled ahead and we'll get into this, you know, certainly I don't give all five of these teams equal chance to win. I'm not even trying to give all five of these teams a decent chance to win, but I'm going to call all these top five contenders. And we named them after we awarded them certain TV shows. Number five, North central. I said, happy days. You're probably not super familiar with Happy Days because it was a show that came out in the 70s, set in the 50s. And you I just know about in, the Fonz. Yeah. And you know what? Chad Wallace, the coach at North Central, he's kind, he's kind of like the Fonz, right? <laughs> he's just laid back. Things seem to be pretty happy at North Central. They just won the state meet in, um, in track. That was based off the strength of an, you know, an all-time great sprinter, maybe maybe the best track and field athlete we've ever had in Indiana. Certainly, right up there. Um, she's 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 down in Gainesville. She's not going to help out this cross country team, but North Central, I think, had their their best two teams the last two years, and this team is going to be way better than those teams. So they were eleventh last year at the state meet. You mentioned that, what was it, 5th to 12th were separated by 20 points. Mm -hmm. So they were right there to finish in the top five. They were 4th or 5th the year before. Um, they've been really solid the last couple of years. North Central scored in the 4 by 8 in, uh, in the spring. And then the bringing back 6th. But on top of these six that they're bringing back, Mary Edwards, I think, is going to be a lot better this year than she was last year. And they're getting in a freshman that's going to score for them. And there was another athlete, I think her name was Kalina Matthews, maybe, that was their number one leg on the four by eight that didn't run cross country last year, but she's run in the past and she's going to run this year. So, okay. so we're injecting all these, all these returners that they have, we're injecting two more into that top five that I would consider them to be, you know, the, I consider North Central the fringest of contenders. It's going to be tough for them, especially to keep up with the top two or three, but there's a, there's a universe where they could, they just nail those. They've got three in the top 25, maybe some, some misfortune among the, the top group and North Central's there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you mentioned the percent. Did you say their percent chance to be state champion from INCC stats? No. What, what's their what's their percentage to to medal and what's their percentage to win? Percent for a medal top five is forty four percent, and percent to win is four and a half, four point five. And so I was just going to say yeah. that. So it, it, let's say we double that because they're getting these these right. two in that aren't in the top whatever like then they're at a 10 percent chance to win that's that's a content that's right that's a fringe contender. yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's one it's another with all these teams all these top five a 
I give a legit chance to win. And, and I think this is important. And Taylor and I talked about this with um, Zionsville, who I think was ranked third, fourth, or fifth. It wasn't third. It was either fourth or fifth on our rankings. Like, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure on North Central. Yeah. The top three, yeah, there, there's, there's some pressure. that you kind, of, you kind of feel that. And, you know, part of coaching probably is finding ways to ease that pressure, reduce that pressure on, on your kids. North Central, it's happy days, right? Like Happy days. And I just, hey, I want to, hey, okay. like, hey, just, they can kind of just, they can kind of just run. Let's just, yeah. let's just see what's up. Yeah. And if you're one of the top three teams, you can say that at your practice, but I'm, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that that message goes very far because it's not very realistic. Yeah. And I just, I want to tell a story about, about North Central because last year at state, they obviously, we're, we're projected to be maybe one of those podium teams and they got kind of stuck in the log jam of the fifth to 12th. But I just remember walking back from the award ceremony, seeing them all together, obviously, you know, upset about not being top five, but being like, you know, you said a few seconds either way of being on the podium. But I just thinking to myself, knowing that they had a majority of that group coming back for another year. Um, so if, if anyone from North Central is listening, just know that I, you know, I saw that, I see that, and you can, you can see that whole group, how they, they felt coming out of the state meet last year and, you know, hopefully yeah. use that for motivation this year. And I think this is going to be a really deep team because I think that, like, if you look at their semi-state results and they had whoever back, that at the state, they, they had some illness issues around the semi-state time which not only can affect who ran in the semi-state, but also can affect who, who performed well or subpar at the state. Yeah. That, again, you know, I certainly wouldn't pick North Central to win, but I think, I think North Central's got a gap. If we look at that other group, Floyd, Southeastern, FC, Carroll, like North Central's got quite a gap on those teams coming in based on what we know now. Yeah. And again, it's a North, it's a north side Indianapolis school. So I just know more than I would yeah. about some of these other teams. Carol may get in like star triplets or whatever. And I, well, actually, because it's a football school. But um, <laughs> all right. Anything else on North Central? Nope. Okay. Here we go. Number four, Fort Wayne Homestead. Now, this is what I said I thought about for Zionsville. So I put it for Homestead. Yeah. Stranger Things. I really, I really think Homestead could win the state meet. I really think Homestead could win the state meet. And, and I thought about sending an email to the, someone that I know involved with Homestead, but I didn't. So, you know, if you're hearing this, send me an email, confirm what I'm thinking. I also think their front runner, I think Addison Canablo, I think she could win individually. I think both of those things could happen. I'm not picking that mm -hmm. to happen. But I think both of those could happen. Homestead was sixth last year at the state meet. And all five of those scores are coming back. There was a huge gap between four and five. And obviously that hurts at, at a state meet setting, that they were so close. They were so close to finishing third. And, you know, they're so far back based on returners 
from the teams that finished. I think Noblesville is like one spot in front of them. And, and yeah, one Car- point. One, one point in one spot, right? Yeah. And Carmel and Columbus North were way ahead, but I was through dealing with graduation. But they're going to score four. Or it's close to being four to matter, right? So, like, well, if Park yeah. Tudor makes it, she might actually score three instead of one. Like, okay, well, I should say who cares, but one point was a big difference last year. You're right. One of the best incoming freshmen was an eighth grader. I think she either won the middle school state meet or she was way up there and she went to Woodside Middle School. Woodside Middle School is the main feeder to Homestead. So I think I think Homestead, I think Homestead could win the state meet. Now we'll get into later, you like you know, the observant person will be like, oh wait a minute, 15 minutes later you said, yeah, I know. But like <laughs> I I think cannot I think Canabo could win. And I know that she was absent at the end of the track season. So um, that might have an effect, but she's, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, she was way up there last year at the end of the track season. It feels like she's probably figured a lot of things out. Uh, so, you know, if, if I'm dumb for thinking she can win individually and I'm dumber for thinking that Homestead could win as a team, then call me Lloyd Christmas. And INCC stats has them 57.5% at top five and 7.4% as the champion. And just like with North Central, we know things that could probably make both of those go up. Right. I mean, if you, the gap from the semi-state results, the gap between their fourth returner and their fifth returner is two minutes. Yeah. If we erase that gap with a freshman, like Homestead, I think is right there with Carmel and Noblesville. Now up to Columbus North, well, we'll see. But like they got five, you know, we're talking, we're talking scoring four and five in the top 50. Yeah. A lot of times that's right there, man. Yeah. That's right there. Yeah. So I, Sometimes I get on, you know, I'm I'm known to get on a kind of a hard corner about some of this stuff. Alex Fry, Addison Wiley. There was a year, I won't mention what team and I won't mention who I said it to, but I was like, this team is not going to make it to the state meet. And the person I kept saying it to was like, they're what are you talking about? Like they could be on the podium. They're going to be in the top five as a boys team. And at the regional, I was like, they didn't make it out. And I found them. I was like, I told you so. Hard corner, told you so. Like that's that's the way it is with Homestead. I'm telling you, they're gonna be they're gonna be way better than projected. They're yeah. gonna be right there. You watch Stranger Things? No. You don't watch Stranger Things? No. Nope. Well, Homestead could win the state meet, Josh. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Take me to the upside down. I mean, I want Carmel to win, obviously, but speaking of which, number three, Carmel. I put the hundred. You ever seen the hundred? No, I tried to do a quick search on it. See it's what it cra- was about. It's cra- it was like one of those. It, it w- sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, they started off as this like, oh, it's about a hundred. Humanity's last hope is living on a space station, and they're running out of resources. So uh, this has nothing to do with Carmel's team. Um, so they send down a hundred of the their kids or whatever back to Earth to see if it's inhabitable. It was based on a book series. 
And then they just drew it out over like eight seasons. So they're like hundreds of years into the future, cryogenic. For, I'm boring myself talking about it. Um, but the hundred. But Carmel has over a hundred kids. Okay. So, there, there we go. go. Uh, I want Carmel to win. Shout out, direct deposits. Carmel was a close second last year at the state meet. 92 points. Um, Carmel graduated its top, its top two. But Jasmine Copstead was all state last year. She's been a top runner at Carmel now for, for three years. Um, Olivia Munt was in the top 50. The, Carmel is bringing back five of the seven from the semi-state, four of the seven from the state meet. Or maybe it's five of seven. I'm not sure. We replaced one between the, the, the semi-state and the state meet. I can't remember what grade she was on. Um, how much do I want to say here? Because it's a this isn't professional sports, right? So there's like there's a model for like oh podcasts and talking about sports or even college sports where you mention certain kids, but there's there's a fine line between are we providing recognition or are we putting unnecessary pressure on a high school kid? Yes. So also then the other thing is my best friend is the girls coach at Carmel and I'm not at Carmel girls practices every day, but I am on the other side of the stadium and I do see them running and these, a lot of these girls were in my class or whatever. Carmel was fourth in the state meet in the four by eight. You know what I'll, I, I could say, cause we put it, I put it in the, um, in the top 50 rundown. So Kara Winsler is going to be a junior. When she was a freshman, she ran 1917 on a perfect day for cross country. And she ran really good track races for Carmel. Carmel's gonna need some extra depth. You know, it's the hundred, right? There's, there's gonna be 150 girls on the team. They, they just left for, for the team camp and they let all the girls go and like 93 of them went. So is she, can she run the way that she ran? And that was a team when, when she ran 1917, she was the eighth or ninth best girl. So she didn't get to run in the state meet and, and Carmel won the state meet that year and scored like 50, 60 points or whatever. She gets back to that range, you know, does that increase the depth and, and give us, or give Carmel a better chance to win? Probably. Audrey Ricketts ran 217. 217 is fast, man. 217 is like a boy that runs 155 or 156. Yeah. So if you're, if you're more familiar with boys' times, that would be the conversion, right? 222 is like two minutes. So 217s, you know, 155, 156. But that's 800 meters. She was in the top 14 last year, I think, um, and might have gotten to run one of the tournament meets. But what kind of confidence does that give you? What kind, What's your summer like? And then, of course, the Carmel's always going to bring in some some good freshmen. So, what what percentage chance does Carmel have to win the state meet on INCC stats? Uh, to win right now, they're given sixteen point two percent to win. Seventy four percent at the podium. Okay, LOL. Seventy four percent. How about ninety? Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, that seems right to me. Okay. That seems right. Now, when we get into these top two, same thing. We kind of we kind of know some things. Um, especially the the team that won last year that has most of the girls back. 
you know, again, I, I'm biased. I want Carmel to win. I want Carmel to win because their school district puts money into my account every two weeks. Um, and I live in the city. But Carmel is a way, Carmel's a ways back from the top team. And I, as I was making these, as our committee of one was meeting, I really did go back and forth between number two and number three. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can talk about that as we, as we move on here. Anything on Carmel, other than you're a proud graduate? Right, right. yeah, yeah. Go Hounds. Um, but on, the, on the, the theme of the 100, which I'm glad I pulled this out, and I'm sure you did too, just didn't say it, but. I've have, seen them all. Shout out yeah. Jimmy Snyder. Jimmy Snyder, the one kid on my team that's watched the 100. <laughs> but Carmel has 30 girls ranked on the INCC top 1000. Mm -hmm. which is the most of any school in the state. Right. I think the next closest was somebody with 19 or 20. So that's right. just, again, theme of the 100. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting, but you score five. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, oh, hey, we, well, we got so many extra kids in the 700s to be like, well, actually, yeah, but you have to have them in the 100 to win, right? Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to say was if you look at Carmel compared to the the top two teams that we haven't mentioned yet, Columbus North and Noblesville. So if you're looking at, look at two categories, front running and depth, Carmel doesn't have the best of either of those. If, right. if that makes sense, right? Like right. Columbus North has the best front running. Noblesville has the best depth. Carmel is second or third in both. So that's where they're it's going to be hard gonna to need like that. catch up or yeah. Okay. Number two. And at one point I had this number three and then INCC stats updated. And then I talked to people who know things and I flipped them to so number two, Noblesville. I put Friday night lights because most big time track meets happen when Josh. Friday night, Friday night. <laughs> Noblesville was good last year. Noblesville was fifth at the state meet. They scored 254 points, which is incredibly high for fifth, but that's just the way that things, we're not, gonna, we're not gonna punish them for that. On the other side, the boys team that finished sixth, and there's that's a difference, right? Because fifth place is medal, sixth place is go home. Well, you ain't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. The sixth place boys team had 90 fewer points than that, yeah. 164 points. For, for reference, 254 is usually like eighth. Yeah. And, and Carmel had 92 points for second. Yeah. So, I mean, they had, Noblesville had nearly three times the number of points as Carmel. However, Carmel graduated its top two, who were both in the top 15. Noblesville brings all seven back. INCC stats actually gives Noblesville the highest percentage chance to win. I'm not arguing with math. I don't think Noblesville is the most likely team to win. They rank them number two, but in terms of the 25,000 simulations of the tournament, Noblesville has the highest percentage chance to win. It's like 31%, right? Uh, 36% 30, to win. Um, Noblesville is all, I don't know if I said this, they have all seven back. Yep. On top of all seven coming back, I think there's a pretty decent chance that Noblesville's number one runner, or at least someone that will be in the mix to be the number one runner, 
is going to be a freshman, the best freshman in Hamilton County, or one of the two best. Well, it may it may not have been the best mm. junior high runner. It probably was, but there was also someone else. But she, the other one was in seventh grade. So this is going to be the best freshman in Hamilton County yeah. incoming. Is is it, is it a relative of someone that's already on the team? Yes. Okay. Right. So Noblesville, Friday Night Lights, because Noblesville had an excellent track season, an excellent track season. And they were right there in the four by eight. And they were right there in the overall track season. And a lot of that was distance runners. I think that when I made the top 25, it was like, you know how in in the NBA, when you get to the all-star break, and there's like a, a one team that's really, really good, but they don't have necessarily a star player. So you just kind of like have to pick somebody off their team to be on the all-star team. Yeah, That's where I ended up with Noblesville. And I think I just threw like Summer Rempe in on like as 25th because Noblesville needed to have a representative. Mm-hmm. But it's totally possible that Summer Rempe is the fourth or fifth best Noblesville girl at the state meet. And yeah. if that happens, then maybe they can, maybe they can totally outdistance uh, Carmel and Homestead and push Columbus North. Yeah. But Noblesville had really good 800 and 1600 performances. And Brooke Leahy, who's their number one or number five returner, was their number one girl in the 3200. She had a pretty good season. Um, but she's not going to single-handedly make them a contender. And so Noblesville is going to need to translate that 800 and 1600 success onto cross country on a day when it may be really nasty out at Laverne and certainly they could do it, but I'm not convinced that they're going to the way that I am with the number one team. Yeah. And their, their death that you just mentioned is the reason why, right. INCC stats likes to give a lot of, um, a lot of factor into depth when you're talking about like the percentages. So that's why the reason why they have a higher percentage chance to win. Um, but this is, you know, we've, we've talked about in the past, like they're, they're about to, I, I made the joke last year, they're reloading on a reload. Well, we're having like a third reload here with Noblesville. Like they're bringing in even more and they're going to even bring from this year's team to next year back potentially again, six of the top seven. Yeah, and I think I think Noblesville, I've got the 2023 pulled up, and Noblesville, Homestead, and Carmel 2023 are like relatively even, but that's not factoring in who's coming in this year for freshmen. And we know that Noblesville and Homestead are both bringing in top freshmen, but of course, Carmel's the most likely team, just based on enrollment, right, to bring in start it starts at the very top so i i certainly you said incc stats gives noblesville a 36 percent chance to win this year yep and i they have a 25 percent chance to win again more variance as we get farther out that's just yeah. the way that it works with the simulations and stuff um i I think Noblesville's got a better chance to win next year. And as, as you said, they just, they got to translate from 18, 1600 to, or 800, 1600 over to cross country, 5k grass, 
you know, the state meet last year was virtually their, their worst meet of, of the year too, when they were, you know, projected a for sure podium team ending up right on the border. there, still making fifth place, but just, we, I'm a huge fan of the Millers got to, but just, you know, got to see the, the translation over again. And it, I think on the girls' side, that may be even a little bit more challenging to translate eight or 1600 because the girls' cross country race is so much longer than the boys. Not longer, but I mean, longer in time, terms of time right? Like, yeah. it's an extra three minutes. Yeah. That's an eternity at that level of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And the demands on your oxygen delivery system. And so certainly not that they can't. And they had a good season last year. They could they could absolutely contend. And they're bringing in, you know, we're talking like a 505 miler. And just adding that onto the team that you already have that's already the favorite in terms of percentage chances to win. Yeah. But there's just a difference between Columbus North and Noblesville which is that, as we get in here, number one, Columbus North, Game of Thrones, like Columbus North is established. Columbus North has won two state championships in girls cross country, including last year. Columbus North has two of the top 10 easily, two of the top 10 runners this year. Um, and, and we feel pretty likely that both of them will finish in the top 10, whereas it's very possible that Noblesville doesn't have a girl in the top 25 at all. So maybe Noblesville has that it, on paper. We shouldn't even say on paper anymore. On screen, <laughs> like Noblesville has the depth, but there's this big gap. Columbus North has three in the top 20 projected on INCC stats. And then it goes down to 74 and 114. However, two runners from Columbus North that aren't factoring into the preseason because they didn't run or didn't have enough finishes last year in cross country had good track seasons. So one is Julie, Julie, I was going to say Julia. It's Julie Klaus. She was on their uh, four by eight that ran. I think they were second at the state meet. I think Columbus North was second and Noblesville was third. And she was on it. And I think she made it in the open 800. She didn't run cross country last year, but she did the year before as a sophomore. And she is going to run this year. So I, she'll, she'll be a scorer for them. And another one is, another athlete is uh, Kylie Wolf, who ran uh, for North last year and had a good track season and I think was in the mix. And I think she's likely to run this year as well. I can see why it's confusing because they have a Julie K and a Julia K. Yes. Okay. That's why. It yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, Columbus North benefits, like we talked about, potentially those top two boys teams of a move-in. You know, I don't, I don't like to use the word transfer. Transfer to me is like you go, you go from this school to that school, ordering school districts, public school, private school, you're transferring schools. 
when you're moving from one state to another, that's a movement. That's not necessarily a transfer. You don't you, know, you have to go through the transfer paperwork or whatever. Yeah. Um, that you know, Julia Kiesler moving from the West Coast to in, I mean that that totally flipped the state meet last year. Yeah. And that that may kind of spur a, a mini a mini dynasty here by Columbus North because I. I, I think I think Homestead could win. I really do because if they if they if they can utilize this if this freshman is their number two runner they're scoring four and they're all in the top fifty they're going to be up there. Um, I think Noblesville's in the mix. I mean Carmel's always in the mix and Carmel has some high upside athletes, um, but Carmel and Noblesville are both needing to translate their success in distance races from races that are two and a half minutes to races that are 19 minutes and that's not easy but columbus north has already done it with all these with all these girls and yeah. like lily baker yeah she had a really good trek season over 800 but she also ran five flat and she was in the top she was like eighth last year she was eighth yeah last year yeah and, and i, I think, like they're, they're not going to go up those two aren't going to go up that Right, because all the top girls are coming back. Those two girls from Columbus North are probably yeah. still going to be like seventh or eighth, but it's a secure seventh or eighth. Right. Versus there's high upside from all these girls from Noblesville and the girls from Carmel who, you know, could turn 217 into 50th place, whereas Columbus North is just a lot more secure. I think it's pretty likely that Columbus North wins. Yeah. For, and so for Columbus North, like they're going to have, they have the best trio clearly in the state. They're probably going to put three in front of Carmel's two, three potentially in front of Noblesville's one, definitely two. I mean, if you put three and in front of another team's number one, like, because how, how they're far, hard to beat. How far they're hard to beat. We're, we're talking about the team that won last year. How many times did they finish? They finished on the podium 20 times. Yeah, it's a different coach, but actually the old coach is now the assistant coach. Like, they won, they've won twice now. Like, how far back is Columbus North's fifth girl going to finish at the state meet? Right. And that's, that's the not going to be a hundredth place. Right. The, the question I wrote down was basically like, does Columbus, will Columbus North have enough depth to unseat or to, to, to beat Nozel Carmel? And I think the answer that we are thinking is that they do that or that they will. Cause that, that's, I, I wouldn't, like you said, they have the, they have the best top three, which is 60% of your scoring. Yeah. Now the the points can really start to pile up if you're fourth and fifth are too far back. Yeah. But if we go by Scott Lidskin method here of it's all about kind of your fourth runner, uh -huh. like no North has a lot of options for this. You know, Sydney Morlock has run under 19 minutes. She's 29th at the semi-state. Um, Julie Klaus will probably be up there. Kylie Wolf could be up there. She runs like they've got some options. Yeah. options isn't the right word because it's not like you're picking and choosing the way you would for a basketball game or a football game but um it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to be columbus north yeah as much as i don't like it although part of me loves it because i you know i was a columbus north guy yeah totally agree it's gonna they're gonna be very very tough to beat what so is that you're gonna pick we can pick right for the boys i don't want to get into picking because i coach the boys um are you picking columbus north to win as right now, yes. Individual. I know this is tough. <laughs> You're going to ask me. Um, 
How about there's this, uh, there's so, I mean one there's so many names that it could be based on if you know people are in or out but right how about no, dude the top level talent in Indiana yeah. is incredible insane incredible this year with a lot of seniors yeah and yeah, while you're while you're thinking about it, I can tell you you're thinking about it so why don't I go on kind of a thirty second monologue that there seems to be this idea that like. And I push back on this all the time, much to the chagrin of probably people that talk to me about cross country of like, oh, well, on the girls' side, it's always the freshmen and sophomores. Oh, that happens all the time. The girls are good when they're freshmen and then they totally fall off. And I always push back on it because I think this is important of, you know, but that's not, that's not the case. That's not the case. There are some high profile examples of that, but there were, and obviously we're not going to like name names of kids that this happened to because it's high school sports and just stuff happens and it happens in the context of your entire life of a you know 16 19 minutes worth of a race on in Terre Haute on one day in October that there were a bunch of boys that were all state as juniors that were not all state as seniors but we don't we tend not to say that is for the boys but like this year all these really really good girls or most of them are juniors and seniors. And I think that's important because when we say about, oh, well, you know, it's always freshmen and sophomores, oh, they always fall off, then we make it more about talent. And what kind of message does that send to a high school kid that like, oh, it's not, it's actually not about working, it's all just about talent. And it's just, it could disappear at any moment. And that's clearly not, it's not, it's not the case. It's not, it's not the case. No, I, I like the girls that. or the boys, but it's not, it's not the case for the girls the way that people think it is. Right. Okay. I, I have my answer, but I was going to say too, like just looking at the top 25 on stats, there's four sophomores. Everyone else is a junior or senior. Obviously it's not including the freshmen yet, but right. this could, this and it's, right it's now is very significantly a lot of great juniors and seniors. Right. And it's high, it's higher than the boys. It's statistically much more likely for a freshman or sophomore girl. But the best runners are still overwhelmingly juniors or seniors because yeah. it is about work. It's not just about talent. It's not this passive thing. Okay, who do you pick? All right, I'm going Canablo. Uh, <sighs> I, 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 me I too, man. Meet, meet yeah. me in the upside down. We, I mean, we probably talked about it in the booth, but like if she had been there that yes. tra last track season she was going to run something super stupid. Like, yes, she ran 10, 11 indoors. Stranger things have happened, Josh. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. I'm definitely putting the stranger things theme music into this one. <laughs> yeah. We need some theme music for mine. Yep. All right, dude. Anything else? Yeah. One stat I have. So we're talking about, like I said, my theme was uh, top fives coming back. So I went ahead and dug a little deeper on um, teams that bring back five or more for yeah. the state meet teams last year. So out of the 24 teams, 16 girls teams are bringing back five or more compared to the boys where 10 boys teams are bringing back five or more. I think that goes first when you said that, I was like, oh, man, that's totally proving the opposite point that I just had about. But actually, I think I think that's not. I think no. I don't think it is because it's more likely to happen on the girl side, but it's not statistically overwhelming. 
16 no. of 24 versus 10 of 24. It's not even dumb. Right. That, also, and that's, 10 of 24 boys teams bringing back five is a lot. Yes. Yep. All right. Can't wait. The meets are coming up, man. I mean, the I know, official so season close. starts on Monday. Most people have had their team camp. We're going to ours on Monday. Just a couple of nights this time. I got two kids. So Cool. All right. Hey, yep. thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Colin. Thank you.